Today we have Lauren Holder on with us and we are going to be talking about the news that came out on Monday of the Roche Genentech trial. And I know this has rocked the community and it's been really hard because people have been watching this trial for so long and it's meant so much to so many people, the participants involved, and of course the community, it has been heartbreaking. And so we know that a lot of different companies are coming on and they're going to give support from professionals and experts and the science community, but we wanted to come on and do a show community to community and talk about grief because the definition of grief is a response to a loss. And this is a loss. This is a huge loss for our HD community. We are very thankful for Lauren coming on because Lauren did test positive for Huntington's disease and her father just passed away and she has two young children. Must be so hard for someone that knows that they do have Huntington's. So we're thankful for her coming on and, and talking to us about this. And just a real quick start, what is grief? There are seven parts to grief, right? So we have shock and disbelief. We have denial. We have bargaining. We have anger. And then we have depression. And then eventually acceptance. And we know we're nowhere near acceptance yet, but we'd like to talk uh, to Lauren about, are you feeling any of this? And do you, are you able to identify with what you're feeling as grief? Thanks for having me on today. And to answer your question, yes, I'm definitely grieving. And maybe I realized that more because I'm still grieving my dad. He passed away in January. And so I'm going through grief because of that. So I realized that the feelings that I'm feeling about this news, about the study is grief, the bargaining, the anger, and ultimately extremely sad and disappointed and terrified. And there's just a whole multitude of emotions going on. And, and then of course, that other side of me that goes, okay, we need to keep fighting. And then you question everything and that's all part of grief. And a lot of people don't realize that's what it is and that it's okay that we're going to go through it, especially those of us who are gene positive. And this is something that was huge for us to have, to get so close to where it did. And all of the information was so good on it. And all of a sudden, it seems like it just stopped and it was taken away. I realize that it's not taken away. I realize the information is going to be used for the future. But when you have something that gets to the point that it did, and all of a sudden, somebody stops it. And basically, that part of that clinical trial that has been done for years is going to have to be done over. It's a setback. It really is a setback for those of us who are gene positive. We don't have time to just go back to the beginning because that could mean, that could mean symptoms. For me, I really wanted to stress that it's okay to feel grief and it's okay for me right now. Anytime somebody tells me that it's going to be, there are days that I need somebody to tell me it's going to be okay, especially like with dad and stuff. But for the most part, that doesn't help me right now. I need the reality of, okay, this sucks and um, dealing with those emotions and how I get to the next step. I think you just made a really good point of identifying it as grief, because I think that we wouldn't really think of grief as something for a clinical trial 
uh, being halted and stopped. Like we think about that as our loved ones dying. We think of the loss of, of our loved one losing their ability to walk and talk and those griefs, but it's projecting the future because of this loss. And it's scary. I'm sure. I know it's scary for me as a mom having kids at risk. It scares me. So I can't even imagine being gene positive and knowing and, and learning about this news. Everyone is human. And like the feelings that everyone is experiencing right now, it's really hard to describe them. It's hard to identify them. It's hard to accept them, but we all are feeling something because of this news, but just in different ways. And again, we're all human and it's hard to, we all want to just point the finger and say, you're to blame, you're to blame. It's your fault. We're mad at you. You did this. And at this point, honestly, personally, I don't know how healthy that would be for me when there is no one to point the finger at. Lauren, so the people around you and your family and and friends, you just said, I don't want to be told it's okay because that's not where I'm at yet. So how would you say that right now you'd want people to support you? Well, Katie, I've got to say what you did for me last night was probably the best thing in that when I was talking, you didn't discount that it sucks. You just said, yeah, this sucks. And that's the reality of it. And yes, we're going to be moving forward and we're going to pick ourselves up and we're going to keep on going. And there are other things and, but it sucks in this moment and it's okay to feel that way. And you just listened and let me know that you love me. And, and that, that made me feel better. That put me more in a mindset. I can start thinking about next steps and I can start thinking about as a person who's gene positive and I'm 35 years old. Okay. My dad started symptoms late forties diagnosed at 50 and I have two really young kids. It's hard because the thought that goes through my head is that these years that we're missing from having to do a different trial to start over in this particular setting, as far as we got those are years that are going to cost. And does that mean that I could become symptomatic and then not, this is not going to benefit me at all. So that's what runs through my head. That's terrifying. And I'm sorry, but nobody can sit there and tell me that's okay because it's not okay. I'm banking on somebody having something. So I have time with my kids. And so when we have these setbacks, we had, this is the second setback from a pharmaceutical company and, and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because it it goes through my mind. Am I going to, now this time is taken away. Now I have less time where I thought maybe I'd have more. And I know that's hard. Like I know people want to fix that. I know people want to make you feel better, but that is the reality for people with Huntington's. And so it's okay to feel that. I think that it's that we need to acknowledge that we have those feelings and address those feelings. And like what you did, Katie, and you said, you're right. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. Where do we go from here? Where do we focus on moving forward? And do we 
get our motivation back because the next step for somebody, for me, what's going to be my motivation to move forward? What is going to drive me to continue to try as hard as I'm trying? And that's my kids. So for me and my thought process and to move forward, because I don't think staying in the space of this terrifying, staying in that grief space is good, but you can't get to the next step without going through it. So how do I move forward? Let's focusing on the fact that we may not have something for me. It may be that I develop symptoms, you know, and something won't be available. How do I make sure that something is available for the next generation of HD warriors for my son who is at risk? Those are the things that motivate me to go, okay, let me brush this off and get started on the next steps and how I can help. You, you just talked about the Bassinex trial and you were a participant in the Bassinex trial. I was. Right. So I think Katrina and I have really been talking over these last couple of days about the participants. And I, I know this has rocked us as a community, meaning the two trials that have gone on for years and years. And now we know that we aren't going to have a therapy from these two places, but the participants Katrina and I talk a lot about, and you've given up your time. You put your body on the line, you, your emotions. And so take us there for a minute for the participants out there. So I think that's a mixed bag of feelings too, right? Because as a participant in a clinical trial for something like that, gosh, you're going in and you're thinking I'm helping. I'm, I am, I'm helping to further this on. And the truth is we are, even if a study fails, you have to look at, and and this is the problem with the Genentech thing. We don't know why. So we're all in limbo as to what's going on, because we don't have any information. All we know is an independent company made a recommendation and all of a sudden it was halted. We don't know anything else. So that makes it even harder because we don't have any answers yet. But even participating in the Vasinex trial and I felt like I was helping. I felt I was doing something to further the treatment and cure and research And even though it failed and that is, is depressing and disappointing, we know it failed because of not meeting their objectives. So it was a little bit easier to handle, but still disappointing just because again, that's another one that we went pretty far on and you're right. It's our time. It's emotional. It was a lot like you're putting in, it's a lot. And so you're banking on something and when it doesn't pan out, it's scary. It's, it just feels like, what's the point in all of this? And that's hard to admit because I am not that type of person. I'm the type of person who I wants to keep, I want to keep, I want to keep going. I want to keep helping. I want to keep doing. And I've, especially after this last thing with Gen and tech, it feels like, what's the point? Mm. And I hate that feeling. Yeah. There's, there's just a lot to it. There's a lot of emotion. I think that it's just like, we're talking about it's grief. And I don't know that I would have realized that had I not been grieving dad, that I'm feeling grief over, over these losses. 
and over what it could have meant for us who are gene positive or early manifest and then possibly having a more normal life. And that's hard. It's very hard. I'm really thankful, Lauren, that you're mentioning the fact that your contribution still matters because I think that's really important to have some sort of a focal point that like it wasn't completely useless and it wasn't completely unneeded. I think just you saying that out loud to people in similar situations as yourself is just golden. It really is. You participated and the feeling of the letdown, but also that, that it's still helping. And it's the more people who are willing to put themselves out there and contribute just as yourself has done. It's, it's going to keep furthering things along, no matter how fast or slow that may be, you really have made a huge difference, a huge impact in the community. So thank you. I think that is something that I do feel like, even though the trial failed, I still feel that we wouldn't have gotten to where we did without participants, without doing what we did. And I think the other hard part of it is this placebo effect or the fact that some of us who were on the dose for afterwards and did feel like there was some type of difference. How do you explain that? It could be placebo effect. It could be that it really did help your brain specifically, but they can't look at just one person. They have to look at all of the information and all of the people and whether or not it's worth the risk just because one or two had benefit. So that's why we do these larger studies. So I do feel that no matter what, the participants have absolutely benefited towards research, have made a huge difference. But as a participant, it's also very hard because how much time and energy and everything that you've put into it. And then it just feels, okay, that's great. So now we start over. We have information, so it's not completely starting over but we start over. And so how, like, how do you get to the acceptance of that? Absolutely. Yeah. And on that note, we should talk a little bit about ways to cope with grief. According to experts at the NIH, they have some things on their website that have been very informational, but just different ideas, different strategies on what to do when someone's going through grief but I think when reading it, it's definitely something that could be helpful to some of the participants out there or someone who's at risk or somebody who's a family member of someone at risk. Just like I said earlier, people um, are grieving in different ways. So some of the things that the NIH has put out is to let yourself grieve in your own way, in your own time. Just let it be. People always have unique ways of expressing their emotions, especially when it's grief related. It's always going to be something different. Making sure, I say making sure, but in this community, taking care of yourself, it's really hard to do. And you'll see it everywhere. Take care of yourself, take care of yourself. So it's noted and we're saying it, but we also realize just how hard it is to take care of yourself. Definitely lean on your friends, talk to your friends, 
try not to make any major changes right away, which I think is actually really a good point. They say oftentimes don't make any huge decisions when you're angry in relationships or in life in general. So I think with NIH saying, try not to make any major changes right away is something important to think about when everyone's grieving through this huge loss. Try to join a support group, whether it's in person or online, especially during these times, online may be a little bit more appropriate. And I'm sure they do have grief focused support groups. I'm hundred percent sure there are HD support groups as well. We, we have one on Tuesdays for caregivers. So if that's something anyone's interested in, they can obviously reach out to us, but there's more grief specific support groups in everyone's area, because that's something that even hospice will put up grief support groups. Hospitals is another place to look for that at different local hospitals will have grief support groups because it is something that's extremely common. And then consider professional support. I think that's one thing that people, the general public, the HD community, I think that's something that is not utilized as much as it could be and should be. Personally, therapy can do wonders about processing the different emotions you're feeling. So yeah, and then talk to your doctor. Be sure to let your healthcare provider know if you're having trouble with your everyday activities, getting dressed, sleeping, fixing meals, other major signs of depression. I think getting some professional help is extremely important if it gets to that point for you. And being patient with yourself. Mourning takes time. It's common to feel a mix of emotions for a while. It's going to be an even flow. So if you wanted to read any more about that, I would just check out the NIH's website to hear what their experts have to say on that. But I think it's all good points to just take it easy, accept that we're all human and that grieving takes time and it's a process and it's going to be up and down and identifiable sometimes. So definitely take care of yourselves and each other. Yeah. And I, I love what Katrina says about reaching out and like support groups and community, because I think often we don't reach out because we feel like we may be a burden or we don't want to bother someone or something. But I think in this, I think that we, Lauren and I talked last night at what, midnight, middle of the night. And I think that yeah. when you need a friend and you need a support to reach out, I was just going to say, I especially those of us who are gene positive and we're dealing with this. And obviously because grief is different for every person, some people want to focus on what else is out there. It's going to be different, but yes, feel free to reach out. I think that the best support that I've gotten so far, especially after dad's death has been reaching out to other people who have lost a loved one and they're gene positive and, or, even G negative and, but they know what it's like. So if you're gene positive and you're dealing with this, reach out to somebody because that's what, I mean, that's what HDO and NYA, that's what they're for. It's a support and, and realize that, that we are here. And I think Katie, you brought up a really good point too. We feel like a burden and we're trying not to feel like a burden. And so this makes that worse in a way. So let me be the first to say that we're not, we're allowed to be where we're at and that's okay. And if it means having a day of screaming and crying and dancing to crazy music or 
taking a little road trip by yourself and breathing, do it. Katrina, I think, says a really important part about don't make any big changes. And another reason I'm going to emphasize that is because we don't know. When it comes to this Genentech and Roche station, we don't know. So pause. I know that you're dealing with grief, but pause and wait until we have more. Wait for HD Buzz to give their updates. I swear by Jeff Carroll and Ed Wild. Jeff Carroll is right there with us in everything. He is somebody who is directly affected and he is in research. And so if you, if there's anybody that you focus on, focus on, focus on HD Buzz and what they're doing and what they say, because they are, I promise, staying up to date on all of it. On that note, there's a lot of different events going on right now and people talking about this. I think that we aren't going to get a lot of answers because Lauren said there aren't a lot of answers out there. We have to pause because we are going to get a lot of information, hopefully over the next couple of months on really what all this meant and what it means. But, and I think we could do any final thoughts, but I think Katrina and Lauren and myself have mentioned many times throughout this program is a huge thank you to the participants. You helped research your time, your energy, your emotions mattered. And you guys have brought us even further than we've ever been. So thank you so much. And it's not the outcome we wanted, but the world and HD research world has changed because of you. So thank you. And it's mattered what you did. So you can get a hold of any of us at Help for HD, just our first name at helpforhd.org on this right now. And then you can find all three of us on Facebook and social media and everywhere. We are definitely all three here to support anyone who needs support. Always reach out to your community. We're tight and we, we care about each other. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.